Yeah, I'm going to tell you. One of these days, uh, you guys are going to have to stand around and listen to Ryan sing that again, too, you know? Because he's pretty good. You know, Ryan actually will be leaving us before long. December 9th? Yeah. He'll be taking off and going to serve our country. Which is very admirable. And we appreciate that. And uh, someday, maybe before he leaves, we'll try to get him to do Thriller for us. Because he's pretty awesome with it. We all got to hear, I didn't even get to hear most of it last week when that went on, so kind of uh, missed out. I think that people were probably wondering what's been going on with the podcast, because we have a lot of hits on our podcast, and last week there was nothing, because we had our brawl. So back to normal this week. But the month of October, I've decided we are going to talk about things October-y, okay? <laughs> you know, I don't know what that's going to be, but... Yeah, it is. Your, your birthday's coming up, uh, anniversary, there's lots of stuff coming up. So, um, Actually, my message tonight is things that go bump in the night. And I think that probably makes people think, hmm, I know what that's about. What do you think it's about? I know Yesenia knows. She read my notes. <laughs> fear, fear, being afraid. Um, I want to tell you a little story. Deb history. Um, when I was older, uh, older grade school maybe, before I turned a teenager, I used to all the time in Troy Grove, if you've been, you know, where I was there, if you've been at our house, um, I actually lived just down that great big hill is where I lived. And what I would do is all the time is I would go up, uh, like John, way too early, and would go up and try to hang out up in town, you know, and stuff like that. I'd walk up, well, it was daylight, and it was sunny and nice and everything great. And then what would happen is I'd stay a little too late. Even though I was supposed to be home and it was dark, I would mess around, joke around with people, hang out, stay in the swings, and it would get dark. And before long, I would have to walk home in the dark. Well, Troy Grove is a really weird town because there are streetlights, but what ends up happening is right where I live pretty much is the last streetlight and there was no more streetlights until you all the way got back to where I lived. There was just complete darkness. Well, that used to scare me like crazy. I mean, I'm not kidding. I used to be petrified. So I would, what, I, what I would do was I'd walk slowly through town. Everything was great. And I was like extremely fast runner. I was always like one of the fastest in my school. What I would do is I'd get to that last streetlight. And I would take off like a bolt of lightning. <laughs> and I would go so fast down the hill would literally not even, I don't think, breathe the whole entire time I was going, you know, just as fast as I could, always thinking that something was going to jump out and get me. Never failed, you know, because you had to go underneath this little, like, area by this creek, and, you know, it used to scare me. John was actually, um, when I was, like, 13, like I said, I was way too young. John was 16. He had a car, but he thought it would really be, he was, like, going to make me grow up. It's like, you need to start getting home on time. You can walk, you know, you tell me. So I should have known, girls, right then. Tell you. No, I'm <laughs> just joking. But the thing is, you know what, I would go ahead and I'd run. Well, one time, I thought for sure somebody was going to get me. <clears throat> one time my brother decided he was going to hide down at the base of the bottom of the creek. And uh, I come running down like I normally do. And, of course, him and his friend jumped out and grabbed hold of me. And, of course, I just, like, completely freaked out, punching, hitting, screaming, <laughs> you know, like, oh, my gosh, freaking out. And, uh, you know, he thought it was just hilarious. I thought it was hilarious, too, but, but about two or three weeks later, you know, then it was funny. It wasn't funny at the beginning. I was just scared. 
So uh, I didn't see the humor in it very much at the beginning. But all of us can probably go back to a couple stories that we remember we were really afraid. Another time, me and my friends were in um, a little pop-up, you know, uh, camper in her yard. And we were there, you know, we stayed up all night. We still have, like, audio tape of us doing these, like, skits. And we still have them. I mean, honestly, I was 13 years old. And uh, it's funny, we were doing all these different things. It was me and her and her sister. We're in the pop-up part. You know, I'm on this one spot over here by myself, and her sister's way over on the other side that pops up, and my friend was down below. And all of a sudden, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning, and we kind of like all kind of like got up because we heard something. Here, there was somebody trying to steal the pop-up trailer as we're in it. And we're all just like going, what's going on? My friend's sister was literally just tears running down her face all the time going, oh, my God. <laughs> we're almost like scared to death and we thought for sure that we were going to like be murdered that night you know so you know we all have these moments of fear that we can remember can't we we can remember every single thing about it you can always remember almost remember like the smells the looks everything about something when it just hits you that hard with fear fear is an interesting thing it's an interesting emotion and uh you know it's amazing how you can be in the light of day somewhere you know when we go like canoeing you know, you'll be out in the middle of this, you know, creek, and it's all sunny and bright and all these different things. But, man, I wouldn't want to be there at night. I wouldn't want to be there when it starts to get dark. And, you know, everything looks scarier in the dark, doesn't it? It's just kind of kind of spooky. So, you know, we get kind of scared. Everything, like the little, every little noise, every little shadow, we're all like, whoa, what was that? You know, what was that? What was that? It's com- something's coming for us. You know, we always think that. And sometimes our fears can be reasonable, but sometimes our fears can be completely irrational. I mean, they make no sense why we're so afraid. There's no reason. But, you know, we see things in the news. I mean, all of us have watched the news. We see that there's some very horrible things that happen in the world. Um, Horror stories that someone was hurt by a stranger. They didn't know. You know, we all go back to those things and something, and you're in a situation, you're like, oh, my goodness, that could happen. And we've seen pictures of innocent people walking into um, shopping malls, stores, and never to be seen again. So we all have this that plays in the back of our mind all the time. You know, when something happens, we go out the house, you know, our parents or somebody tells us, be careful, don't talk to strangers, be careful, don't get in the car, you know, watch what you're doing. You know, of course, Shubby's took off and she went to Atlanta, so I'm thinking, you know, as she called me today, we were talking, I said, no, is it like a pretty decent airport and stuff? You know, because of course, you know, I'm all these miles away, there's nothing I can do. But, I mean, I'm hoping and praying that she's in an area where it's safe, that there's people around her that are going to be nice, that people aren't going to steal from her, take from her, or hurt her. So, you know, the thing is, we have this fear. And I think it's really what it is, is a lack of control. We don't know if we can control a situation. And we, we tend to think that we're in control a lot of times of things that happen in our lives. Darkness makes us feel a little off balance. We don't see things. We don't feel the control. So all these things can cause us to fear. And... Uh, Sometimes after those disturbing stories that we hear, we can expect our mind goes into those things like things can happen. Somebody's going to get me. You know, <laughs> you're out in the dark by yourself. And uh, those are those things that go bump in the night. Have you ever been home alone? And you can hear your house do all the different sounds during the day. It's not that scary. You get home at night, and you're by yourself, and you're like, what was that? What was that? Someone coming in the window? John broke. John had to break into our house the other day, and he's like, it was pretty easy. I'm like, thanks for telling me that. I really appreciate that. You know, you could tell me it was horrible hard, and I would have loved that lie. Thanks. Um, you know, but the thing is, it's, it's one of those things with fear. Fear is such a, a big emotion. It's part of being human. 
We all have fear. I mean, I can think, some people can say, oh, I'm not afraid of anything. There is something you're afraid of, I'm sure. There's going to be something that makes, you know, every part of your body react. You know, it's alarm that goes off inside of our bodies, and it signals danger. Our bodies actually produce responses so that our chances of survival are increased at that time. We're going to kind of go through some of those responses that our bodies actually do. Sometimes, like I said, there's no real danger, and sometimes there is danger. Sometimes just a perceived danger, something we think might happen, can cause a reaction in our body. And what it is, I'm sure you guys have all probably learned about I don't think there's probably one person out there that doesn't know about the fight or flight response, right? Most all of you know. What happens to our bodies is we either go into one of two modes. Either we're going to flight, we're going to try to run away, or we're going to fight. Our bodies are going to prepare to battle. Now, I was already flighting. <laughs> so all I could do was fight. And, uh, yeah, I was... Um, S. John, I was like the best arm wrestler ever. So I, my, I was pretty rough on my brother. I was pretty rough on him. He was pretty rough on me too, though. He just beat me up for fun. I did it to survive. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the thing is, though, there's three types of responses that can happen in our bodies when we have those situations, when we have the fight or flight. Uh, we can have a physiological response, which is the way our actual bodies are going to respond at that time. There's behavioral responses, which is uh, our actions, how we respond to that fear. And then also our cognitive responses, which is our thinking responses because of fear, what we think about. And if you talk about the physiological, when we come, become anxious, when we become scared, we get that emotion. You know, our hearts begin to pound, don't they? First thing off the bat, when you get scared, you can feel your heart just start to pound faster. You're like, whoa. And then what happens? Breathing. Oh, my gosh, you're all scared. You know, you start to get that really over the top. You know, your breathing becomes quicker. You start to get the sweaty palms. You know, your hands start to sweat. And you're nervous. And a lot of times what can happen, too, is we can become lightheaded. You know, out of our fear, we can become, you know, kind of disoriented and lightheaded. You know, because our bodies are designed to release certain chemicals when we believe that a real threat is actually imminent. Uh, in case we need to run away, like I say, or in case we need to stand and fight. And all these happen for a specific reason. Our bodies are amazing. I mean, God did an amazing thing. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to tell you, I do not believe it. And if you're here, hopefully you don't, or you're searching for the answers. I believe that God created us, and I believe he did an amazing job with our bodies and how our bodies respond to danger. I don't believe that we come from a, an ape, because, you know, I don't understand. If we evolve from apes, why are there still apes? It doesn't make sense to me, does it? Um, I think that we would probably be different. So I think the thing is, um, God created us, and I think he made it a really interesting thing when he created our bodies. When our hearts beat faster, what it actually does is it enables our blood and oxygen to be pumped around our body much faster. We need that at that time. You know, it needs to pump. The body needs to be ready to go. You know, blood needs to be surging through areas of our body, our legs, our, our arms, everything to get going, to go fast or a fight. You know, we have to be ready. You know, when we breathe quicker, it allows more oxygen at the time to be taken into our body because we're afraid. We're really fearful at that time, and we need, you know, more air to come in. And because of this quick breathing, sometimes, like I said, we can become lightheaded. You can feel disoriented, and you may just feel funny or different. And it's because our blood is instead pulled to other areas of our bodies instead of our head at that time. You know, our bodies are created to do great things. And because of this same response, like I say, our, our palms can become sweaty. Our bodies can start to sweat. You know, our bodies are created in, um, in the image of God. 
And what happens at those moments is our bodies are created to pull blood, you know, just to the vital organs at that time. I mean, you know, the other things, it's like come and like shut down, you know, shut down. We just need these, your heart to pump, and you need these certain things to happen, and your body can start to just shut off certain things of your body just to survive, survival mode. You know, that's why sometimes you'll have cold and tingly uh, feeling in your hands. If you've been afraid, if you've been frightened, you kind of get that little, you're kind of like everything feels tingly, everything feels kind of weird, and you're like, whoa, you know, my body just feels weird right now. You know, our bodies perspire more, and that's because it makes it much easier for our bodies to cool off. You know, we're at, at a surge of adrenaline happens, you know, our bodies are in overheating mode, and so our body just immediately starts to perspire so that we can cool down, we can get to the right temperature again. Uh, it actually proves that our pupils will widen, which enables more light to enter into our eyes and helps us scan for danger. Our eyes will actually change. The pupils will dilate when we become afraid. Also, our digestive system slows down so that our energy can be diverted too. Uh, this is why sometimes when you have uh, fear, when you get really afraid, public speaking, I don't have it no more, thank God, but, um, you know, dry mouth. Some people come up and they can't speak because their digestive system, everything changes and they have that dry mouth thing. They can't talk. Their saliva's not working. Things aren't going the way it is. Um, like sometimes you have an adrenaline rush and it can throw off your digestive system. Some people actually have to go to the bathroom because of fear. Some people will throw up because of fear. You know, all this, it's a, it's a hormone. It's all these different things shoot through our bodies, and our bodies will either respond in a certain way or not. Um, <clears throat> our muscles become tense. Sometimes when we know that we're going to have to prepare for a fight, you know, our bodies will become tense, waiting. You know, you know something's coming. You're tense. Every muscle's ready to go if we have to. And this is the reason why sometimes people will collapse after a really scary event. You ever see those people that hold on for all their lives while there's like this running, surging water through a, a flood, and they're holding on with all their life, and they get out, and their bodies just completely just collapse because their bodies have been so tense so long that their bodies just completely are so exhausted afterwards. So our bodies do amazing things. We also, like I said, we have behavioral. You know, when we feel anxious or we become afraid, we sometimes act in certain ways to try to control our fear. Sometimes, you know what, when you become afraid of something, you tend to avoid the place the next time, don't you? You ever have a really scary place and you're like, I'm never going to go there again. That was scary. I don't want to go there. A lot of times people, if there's certain people that have kind of scared them, they'll avoid those people. There's kids in their past, little kids, who absolutely despised being tickled. And to the day when they're older, they absolutely despise Anybody coming near them to look like they're going to tickle because they associate all that again with that time, that emotion, that all that brings back that time. Um, I don't like to be held down. If I'm held down, I completely freak out. I can't take it. I just, if you hold me down, ask, <laughs> I think I nearly hit John. I, I actually put my hand in his mouth. I don't know how. I was like so afraid. When we were in, um, on our trip this year, when we were out in uh, Lake Michigan, I'm fine in water. I'm actually a really good swimmer, and I'm fine, but I don't like people touching me in the water. I just hate it. Don't touch me because I'm afraid someone's going to hold me down or something. I don't know what it is. But John came over, and he was like, oh, just jump. The waves are great. You know, and I was doing it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm petrified of fish, you guys. Petrified. I'm not kidding. If a fish swims by me, I'm like, oh, my gosh, and I'm out. I, I, 
definitely. I saw Jaws when I was like eight. I didn't take a bath for like two years. So <laughs> I'm serious. Baths. Like they were going to come in. I thought so. Um, seriously, I'm a little messed up. I'll admit it. But he come up to me and he's like, he goes, you're fine. And he actually just come over to just touch me and do this, you know, enjoyable thing. And I'm actually like, oh, no, no, no. I put my hand on his mouth. I don't know how I did it. But I was just like freaking out because <laughs> I don't like anybody to touch me in the water. But there's something about that. It's just that behavioral thing. I don't want people to touch me. There's something that kind of brings you back, this behavioral thing with fear. You know, maybe I was going to drown. Maybe I was, had got held under the water. My brother was mean, so he could have done that. <laughs> So, you know, there's these things that you tend to bring up. Some people become reliant on a certain habit, even medication to deal with fear. Some people will just go back to the same thing over and over again. They'll start to take sleeping medicine. When they're afraid, they can't sleep at night, and all their mind starts to go, so they take medicine to try to go to sleep. Or, you know, um, they, they'll go to sleep in a certain area where there's lots of people because they don't want to be alone. You know, so there's these behavioral things that we can develop, too. Then there's cognitive, like I said. Another word is our thinking responses basically how we think. As a normal flight <clears throat> or flight response, we search our surroundings for potential threats. That's what we do. We scan around us. You go out into a dark area, you tend to look for danger, don't you? We all look. We all look to see if there's anybody out there waiting. Is there anybody out there? Especially with us girls. We, you know, we go to the mall. People tell us there's going to be people hiding underneath our cars ready to slit our ankles. I mean, people freak us out. I mean, it's honestly. And then you get these like things sent on the Internet, you know, that they tell you that, you know, be careful. Someone's going to ask you to do something. They're, this $5 was yours. You dropped it. And if you don't know the, how much money you carry all the time, if you say yes, they could kill you. This is what they tell you online. <laughs> so it's like, oh, my gosh. We live in a world of fear. I mean, we are so afraid all the time. But, you know, we're always scanning, looking for danger. And uh, sometimes, like I say, it's kind of not even real. But sometimes fear takes over in a person and they become no longer really alive. They're just kind of a slave to their emotions and their behaviors and their responses of their body. And a lot of times people really become anxious, deal with panic disorders, anxiety because of the fear of the things that they've dealt with. Um, they're about trying to survive all the time. And they're not even living. They're not even enjoying life on a daily basis because they're just trying to get through life and not being afraid all the time. They get so wrapped up in the physical danger of this world and focus all on the what-ifs instead of the could-bes and what-is. You know, it's all this, oh, my gosh, it could happen. You know, this could happen. I dealt with that for so many years. You know, I am so amazed that God has changed me from all the fear that I had because I was a mess, just a mess with fear. And God helped me get through that. But, I mean, it wasn't easy. It took a lot of time. But I can handle things. I can handle certain things that I never ever thought I could before with God's help. Uh, there's a story of a woman in Arkansas who was sitting in her car in a parking lot. You may have heard of this. She was in the parking lot of a grocery store when she heard a loud bang and felt a sharp pain in the back of her head. She was petrified, was holding her hands behind her head when someone walked by and asked her if she was okay. The woman responded by saying that she had just been shot in the head and that she was trying to hold her brains in. Come to find out it wasn't that she was shot and she wasn't holding her brains in, but she was instead holding dough. A Pillsbury biscuit canister had gotten too hot and exploded in the back seat behind her and hit her in the back of the head. She was convinced she got shot in the head and she was dying, <laughs> holding her brains in. There's somebody who honestly has saw too many news reports of somebody getting a cap in the back of the head, you know? So obviously she thought, oh my gosh, this is what's happened to me. You know, life can be risky. It can be a scary place in which we're to live. 
And there can be an abundance of fear in a daily life. But fear is actually a gift from God. It's supposed to be used in a certain way. The problem is we let it just destroy us. We let it take us off in this bizarro world when instead fear is supposed to be used in boundaries. I mean, it's a good thing to fear, isn't it? I mean, we want to be fearful. We don't want to think that we can jump off a 50-story building and we're going to land fine. We don't want to have no fear. Uh, We don't want to have no fear of putting our hand on a hot stove. We want to have fear to think, wow, this could hurt. Um, We don't want to have no fear in thinking, man, I can drive 250 miles per hour, and man, you know, it doesn't matter. It's like I can control it. We want to have some healthy fear. It'll stop you in certain areas of your life to make a better choice. So fear is actually a gift from God. But what ends up happening is a lot of times the enemy uses what God made for good, and he tries to turn it around, and he tries to use it against us. And our bodies sometimes are just a mess. Our bodies are working on overload, trying to keep up sometimes with the fear that we're dealing with. Um, You know, we should have a healthy dose of fear, don't you think? If you're out in the middle of like an area out in the Rockies, you see a grizzly. You know, you don't walk up and say, hey, I want to pet you. You're pretty. You don't do that. You don't do certain things. There are certain things we should be afraid of. So um, what happens, though, with our fear is it takes too much of our lives. We do a lot of things in our life that cause fear to be used as a form of entertainment. Um, I told you that before. Um, Sometimes people have a fear of not making it in life, not being successful, not having enough, not having the best car, not having the best-looking person in their life. So everything is all about worry and fear, anxiety. And uh, like I say, sometimes, though, people are so entertained by fear. This is a perfect time to talk about it because this is when the majority of people will rent scary movies just to be scared in the month of October. People seem to like to be scared. Um, but like all things, it's not necessarily good for you. And uh, it's, one of my, it's one of my soapboxes you'll hear. I'm sure that you've probably heard. I've done this for about six years now, six, I think it was about six, six and a half years I've done youth ministry. And uh, one of the things I am adamant about is that fear and that horror movies and stuff of people getting murdered, killed in front of you is not good for a person who's a believer. It's not good for you. And I'm going to kind of explain why why that is. You know, we're, we're really an interesting bunch if you look at what we are as human beings because we fill our minds and heads with fear all the time and then we wonder why it is that we're so afraid and why we're so anxious all the time. You know, why are we on overload when we walk outside in the dark by ourselves? Because we've heard all these horror stories, because we've watched people get murdered in movies, because we've seen all these, you know, CSI and all these different things with these girls, you know, they go back and they tell you what exactly happened, and you're like, wow, that was horrible, and that things play in your mind. Not too long ago, I talked to you about those grooves that are in your mind, our memories. A lot of those things that we've seen, they just are deep. Those things don't leave us. I talked before in Sunday school. There's a couple things that tend to stick with us. And one is violence. Violence tends to stick with us very easily. And also pornography. Sexual images hardly ever leave our heads. We can most of the time bring us back immediately to that spot if we've seen something that was inappropriate, something we shouldn't have. I've told a couple people, I mean, I know in Sunday school, all those years, that um, I was raised in a home with no mom, no dad. I was raised by teenagers. They allowed pornography to be out. When I was five, six years old, I saw things I should never have seen. 
Uh, my dad was, he was uh, a, not a great guy, so there was a lot of things that were not great in my life. But fearful things, they allowed us to see things. I mean, one of the first movies I got to see at a drive-in was my sister took me to go see Race with the Devil. It's a horror movie about sacrificing for Satan, sacrificing people for Satan. This is when I was five, six years old. This is something a kid should never see. Those things, honestly, are there. I'm amazed when I walk through Target and I watch people, little kids, seven, eight years old, saying to their mom and dad, Mom, can I get this movie? It's like Friday the 13th. It's great. She goes, we already saw it before. Yeah, but I want to get it. Can I get it? Why? So they can sit in front of it and watch it 10 more times in a row? This is not good for us to sit there and just constantly replay these images because we become very cold to the idea of death. Do you understand? We have a gift from God. It's life. When we look at something and we see people getting murdered, killed for fun, and we're entertained by that, you think that really pleases God when it's a gift? It's not. It's not. I really want just to get through this through your minds. It's one of the things that I think everybody has a hard time with because the world tells us it's fine to be entertained by these things. And it's really not okay if you're a believer in Christ, if you're a true follower. You know, like I say, we, we fill our heads with all this fear, and then we wonder why we're so messed up. And then what we do is because we're trying to get through this fear, we go out and buy all these books trying to deal with fear. How do we get through fear? How do we get over fear? You know, we go out and we buy drugs. It's like, oh, man, you know, I don't feel good. I need something for my anxiousness. I'm nervous all the time. I need to be, you know, I need to calm down. Go out and buy nightlight, you know, because we don't want to be in the dark because, God forbid, someone's going to come kill us. And, you know, we can't stand to be alone by ourselves because we know at that moment after we filled our head with so much that everything is out to get us. Everybody's out to kill us. That's what we think in our minds. So I want to explain to you that we need to overcome fear. We really, really need to work on that. Fear is not good for us as believers, as followers of Christ. It really is something that God wants us to take control of. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Now, when we're constantly filling our, our minds and our vision, those things with our bodies, we're constantly putting this fear in. How are we going to have a sound mind? You're not. You're not going to have a sound mind. Uh, maybe tonight you can think of what the thing is that bothers you, what scares you. What is it the one thing that you can honestly think of in your mind that scares you? Some people, it might be one of those weird fears. You know, it might be like, you know, there's actually a couple of them I read that some actually, there's actually a fear of baldness. I don't know. What is it? Pickles. Some people are, yeah. Yeah, I don't understand where some people have real weird fears. Not, you know, seriously, fears, I want you to understand. Like me, I am a little freaked out by spiders. I've come to realize I'm actually, um, I truly think more afraid of spiders than I am snakes, which is really weird to me, but I am. Um, I'm kind of able to handle the snakes. <laughs> I've dealt with a couple of them in my house before. And uh, but for some reason, spiders just completely freak me out. There was this orange one the other day that was walking across my floor. I'm like, oh, my gosh. That just petrified me, the thought of that orange spider being on top of me. Uh, ask John. He can be in bed. It could be 2 o'clock in the morning. I can go in, and the lights are coming on because I have to do a look. I have to check my bed. I have to look at the ceiling. I, have, I do it every night. I'm freaked out. I have to check my bed every time because <laughs> of spiders. I'm a little weird. But spiders freak me out. Maybe that's yours. Maybe your roller coasters. Maybe your heights. Maybe your water. Maybe there's something that you dealt with that you have fear. Um, you don't like to be alone. Some of you just don't want to be alone. Some of you just don't want to be in the dark. 
no matter what. You don't want to be there. Um, somebody who might just really be a person who just constantly worries about your life, anxiousness. You know, am I going to be able to make it? You know, am I going to be able to make enough money? Am I going to be able to go to the right college? And that's your fears. You know, those things that you, we all have something that we tend to be holding on to for fear. And it's really important to start thinking about them so that you can change them. It says, uh, the Bible, it says, whereas God does not give us a spirit of fear, the enemy does. The enemy wants us to be afraid. Satan is a master at using our fears against us. The things that we think we're in control of, we are not. He tends to pull them out at those really bad moments of our life, you know, when we are alone or when something's going on and you're trying to make it. Um, one of the things, you know, with me, with my kids, you know, I, I, you think that you have control. I remember I was, you know, I changed my furniture on a lot. I haven't done it as much because we got bigger furniture. But I would always change my furniture on like every couple of weeks because of the spiders, because I have to vacuum behind my stuff all the time because I know that if you vacuum a lot, spiders don't stick around. I read this. I know this <laughs> because of spiders. So I, I do a lot of vacuum. Like I vacuum every day before I leave work to go to work, every day. And uh, it's just how I am. Well, I have to move my furniture around. So here I am moving the furniture on a Sunday afternoon. Cameron went over to his friends. It was Dan Goslin, Going out and hanging out that day. And uh, I remember here I am. I'm doing the, the furniture and the phone rings. And it was Dan's mom. And she goes, Deb. Uh, and I knew right then something happened. I'm like, what, what happened? What happened? And she's, well, Cameron got bit by her dog. I said, how bad? Is it in his face? Oh, my God. You know, because I'm freaking out right off the bat. You know, and she's like, well, no, but he, it's pretty bad. It's on his arm. We're going to take him to the hospital. And, of course, I mean, I'm one of those people that I don't even stop and think where I'm at. I mean, at that moment, my clothes are coming off. I'm putting different clothes on. I was at the hospital before Cameron ever got there because <laughs> that's me. I'm just crazy that way. You know, because I was just so afraid that something horrible happened. And he did have to have stitches. And he's still got numbness in his one arm. You know, he's never going to probably get rid of it. But, you know, it was one of those moments that was, like, really scary as a parent. Someday you're going to have kids and you're going to have to go through all those things. It's so important for you to get rid of the fear and start to let God help you get through fear and anxiety and worry now instead of having all that brought into your life in the future too. I didn't do it the right way. I did it the wrong way. And I constantly have to go back and retrack and do things different. Um, Satan, though, he wants us to be miserable people. He doesn't want us to be happy. He doesn't want us to be fulfilled. He doesn't want us to have security. He wants us to be filled with fear and worry and anxiety. And he wants us to be completely just miserable, miserable people. Because miserable people are much too self-absorbed to share the good things with other people, aren't they? If you're constantly filled with worry, you're never going to go up to somebody and say, hey, you know, I have something that you want. I can give you freedom from all your problems. Jesus is the answer. If you're filled with fear and anxiety, you're never going to go do those things. You're going to just stand back and you're just going to quiver in the corners what you're going to do instead. It says here that there was a woman named Hetty Green who was labeled as America's greatest miser. She died in 1916, leaving a fortune of $100 million. But she was so cheap while she lived that she ate cold oatmeal because she was too miserly to even heat up water because she didn't want to waste the electricity. Then what she did was she took so long trying to find her son a free clinic 
to take care of a severely injured leg that he actually had to have it amputated because she didn't get him help in time. Now, here was a woman that probably could have enjoyed her life. She had plenty of money to succeed and make it. She had plenty of money to eat hot cereal every day of her life if she wanted to, take care of her son. She didn't have to wait for no free clinic. You know, here she was wanting Elizabeth, but she was so worried about money and anxious about life that she never enjoyed anything. She never experienced any joy or any happiness in her life. Worried all the time. Probably worried about things that never, ever was ever going to happen. What does God's word say? It says, don't worry about tomorrow. You know, just worry about today. Tomorrow's going to have enough problems of its own. Just concentrate on today. Don't think about tomorrow. You know, it's not living when you're constantly just pulling in things, what could be, what might happen. Oh, man, if, if this happens, it's going to be tough. Oh, man, if this happens, you know, there's just no point in living like that because you're never going to be a happy person. That's just existing. That's not living. So our fear paralyzes us by stopping us from doing great things, too. We don't help on church because we're afraid that we won't go do a good enough job, you know. We won't do something new because we're afraid to try and fail. We might not be good at it. There's some people that will never do anything new because they don't want to be embarrassed. Well, everybody falls down the first time they ride a bike. Everybody need to get on roller skates. I'm not good at it, and I still don't really like to roller skate, I'll be honest with you. But I have, but I fall down a lot. <laughs> um, you know, we allow our own criticisms, our criticisms of ourselves to stop us at each and every path instead of just giving things a shot sometimes. You know, if we're really paralyzed with fear and anxiety, we're never going to share, like I say, with Jesus with others. We're not going to do that. We're not going to say that we have the answers because we're just a mess ourselves. And we're definitely not going to be walking in confidence in our relationships with God. It's going to be like, you know, you're just going to always be second-guessing, thinking, well, am I hearing from God or maybe I'm not hearing from God? And what does God's word says? It says a double-minded man will ex- should expect to receive nothing from him because we're supposed to be sound mind not filled with fear, not tossing around all the time with our decisions. God's plan is that we live life out with abundance, with joy. In Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So what is it that drives out fear? What conquers it in our lives? How do we go from this quivering mass of anxiety and nerves and fear to be a confident, bold soldier in the army of God. How do we do this? How do we make it? It really is a one day at a time thing. I can tell you myself, it didn't happen overnight for me. It was every day saying, God, you're in control anyway. I can't control things. I can't deal with it. With my kids, I can't micromanage their life. It doesn't matter if Cameron's right next to me or if Cameron's off wherever. If Shelby's here, if she's in Atlanta, I can't control what's happening in their lives. God's will is all that's going to make the difference. I can't manage it. I don't have control. It's actually almost prideful. And putting yourself on the same level as God yourself if you think that you can somehow control destiny for people. We can't. We think we can because we hear these stories where somebody was taken off down the road and it's like, man, if they would have just been two seconds different, they would have survived. How do we know? It's God's will. There's people that walk out their door, they trip, they fall, they hit their head, and they die. We don't know what God has in store. We don't have any control. We think we do. We pretend, but we don't have that control. Like I said, God is not the author of fear. The only kind of fear that he wants you to have is a healthy dose of fear of him and him alone. A respect and admiration of God. 
that he gave you life. He loves you. I was telling somebody this last Sunday, I said, you know, it's like that parent thing. You know when your parents will tell you, I brought you in this world and I can take you out? No, no, God brought you in this world and God can take you out. He's the only one that can do it. That's why you need to fear God. That's why it shouldn't be worried about whether or not your parents are seeing what you're doing in the dark at night or in the backseat of a car or whatever. It's the fact that God sees you. That's what you should be concerned with. Because your parents might never be able to pick up anything. I may not know every single thing you do, but you know what? You never outwit and outplay God. He sees everything all the time. You're not going to fear God unless you know his power. You won't know his power unless you've experienced it for yourself either. I have. If you never ask Jesus for forgiveness of your sins, I want you to do it right now in the quiet of your heart. Ask God to forgive you. Because I'm going to tell you, if you've never done that, you're never going to succeed. You're going to be a mess with anxiety the rest of your life. You have to admit to him that you're a sinner. You have to believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. And you have to understand that he gave his son as a perfect sacrifice for your sins, each and every one of you, not just for me, not just for Hannah or Prince, but specifically for you, each one of you. And he is a God who forgives says he forgives our sins as far as the east is from the west he forgets them he doesn't remember them against us that's what's so awesome about the god we serve we also need to drive out fear we need to love god we really have to love him first john 4 15 through 18 says all who proclaim that jesus is the son of god have god living inside of them and they live in god we know how much god loves us and we have put our trust in him god is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them and as we live in God our love grows more perfect so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment but we can face him with confidence because we are like Christ here in this world such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear if we are afraid it is for fear of judgment and this shows that his love has not been perfected yet in us you understand what that's saying it's saying that we should not even fear the day when Christ comes back for his people, his followers. Because it means that we know in ourselves that we are perfect enough because of what he did for us. Not that we're perfect people, but because we've accepted his forgiveness, that we're perfect enough to be forgiven, and that when he comes back, he's taken us with him. There's no fear. You know, the world might fall apart. The economy might fall apart. It might just be a mess out there. But I know for a fact, with all my heart, I can tell you with extreme confidence when Jesus comes back, I'm going. I'm going. I'm not staying here because I do love God with all my heart. Also, you need to take your fears and you need to face them. You have to quit letting things hide out in the darkness to make you afraid. You know, drag them out into the light. Secrets, fear, anything that you keep hidden in the dark will never, ever, you'll never get rid of it. You have to bring it out to the light of God. That's what he's called the light of the world. And in light, it has no part with darkness. So when you bring it in and bring it to God, he will take care of it. He's going to heal you of certain things. You have to speak things. You have to confess things to him. You have to ask him for help. Don't be so prideful to think that you can't ask for help. You know, we have to have the guts enough to actually start to ask. We have to fight your battles God's way, not your own way. It doesn't work on your own. I can tell you, I tried for 28 years. It doesn't work. I thought I was micromanaging everything. Oh, man, I was a master at it. 
And I got to the point, I was so afraid of the future. I was wrapped up in horoscopes. I was wrapped up in all that stuff. I got to the point where I was thinking about how can I even see a psychic before I got saved. I know God was thinking, what are you doing? But I got to be that point. I was so afraid of what the future was going to hold for me that I thought that that was something I needed to do. And God constantly put something in my path and never let me do that. I'm so thankful for that now. The world will tell you, though, to become or to quit being all, you know, mamby-pamby. Buck up, buttercup. You can handle it. Just keep going, you know. You can make it on your own. You know, you're strong. And I tell you all the time, you're not that strong. I want you to know because you're never going to make it on your own with your own will. You have to have God's help to make it. God wants us to rely on him. He wants us to hold tight to him. And he desires to give us all these good and pleasing gifts that come from him. But first, he wants us to trust in him and seek him with all our heart. And he wants to remove every one of the fears that you have hidden in your heart, every one of the things that you pretend like you're not afraid of in the light of day, but when you get back home, you're still shivering and nervous and you know, sweaty palms and lightheadedness and everything else because you get afraid. He wants you to deal with that. He doesn't want you to continue just doing things the way you're doing them. And then you also need to move forward. You need to give up your fears. Quit filling yourself with more fear. Quit letting yourself, your mind, be filled with more and more things that are just going to cause you to fear more. Don't see those movies. I don't care if you, your mom lets you. I don't care if you can sneak in. I don't care if you have people who will allow it all the time. Set a standard for yourself. It's one of the things that we did with our kids, and I'm so thankful that Cameron never did. Cameron and Chubby never have seen horror movies ever a day in their life, never once, because I said to him, you don't want to see them. If it came on a commercial, came on television, I changed that channel immediately. I didn't want to deal with it because I know the things that have never left my head. I didn't want them to have to go through that. You know what? Those kids go out in the dark. They're never afraid of anything, never, because they didn't fill their head with all this nonsense. They're not dealing with all that fear all the time. You need to trust and obey God. The thing is, God gives us an arsenal. He gives us all these weapons that we can use. And he also gives us a sound mind that we just are supposed to protect. We're supposed to be able to move forward, but we're supposed to be victorious. We're supposed to be able to take the mountain, you know? Have victory. We're not supposed to be walking around always being beaten down. You know, what is it right now that you're afraid of? I still have a little fear. I'm still trying to get over certain things. I think I'm handling it. I'm doing better. Sometimes I still get a little disappointed because I can sometimes go into this little thing and I have to actually physically stop myself. I want you to know one great thing to do, one absolutely great part of the arsenal, and it's God's name. If you can say Jesus' name, in the midst of all your battles and your fears, if something's going on in your life and you become afraid, you can just repeat the name Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It says in God's word, it says, at the name of Jesus, demons flee. Why do you think it is when people are in a car accident or why do you think when there's some danger ahead, what happens to people? Immediately in any movie you see, what do they say? Oh, God, help me. Why do they say that? I think it's because God created them and it's in their heart already. It's deposited there. It isn't something that's learned. It's because God created them. And that's their first thought is to call out to the God that created them. I believe that with all my heart. I want to give you a piece of paper. They're going to come back. They're going to pass it around. I want you to take a pen, and I want you to write down what your biggest fear is. And I'm going to burn them, and I'm going to pray over them first. 
And I'm going to really ask that you really start to focus on getting God's help for your fear. Okay? So we're going to pass him along and do that real quick. Um, <coughs> write down your biggest one. I mean, there's a lot of, sometimes, honestly, we have about 20, 30, 50, 100, thousands of things that we're afraid of in our life. But what's your biggest fear? The thing that really scares you? Being alone. You know, maybe you can help him pass out the paper or something, too, so we can go ahead and get moving on this. Um, the thing is with God is that's exactly how he works. You know, God will give us a, a you, know, the, you know, we give a scrap of paper to God, and God gives us so much more back. That's how he is. He says one of the things that he says in his words, he says gives, he gives beauty for ashes. A life that's a complete mess, he turns around and makes absolutely beautiful because of his forgiveness. And he always gives us way much more than we ever hoped for. The person I am today, I never even had a glimpse of who I could become. It's because God has changed me. I was just horrible, rotten, still am, so imperfect. But because of God's forgiveness, he can change things about you. So I want you to really think about what scares you, what keeps you from moving ahead in your life, what paralyzes you with fear, what stops you in your tracks, what makes you think when you think you've got control and all of a sudden you get in a situation where you're like, whoa, immediately every one of your fears comes forward again. Put that down. Write it down, and we're going to collect them. I'm going to pray over every one of them and uh, pray over the, the bucket and pray over everybody that these things that cause us fear will be extinguished in our life, that we can ask God for help. And uh, ultimately, like I said, you'll, you'll struggle with fear to the day you die unless you ask God for help, unless you ask God for salvation, unless you ask God to forgive you of your sins. That's what will make the difference in your life. Uh, it's the best thing you could do. I can tell you right now, the people who have done it that are in this room, I know for a fact they can say that they'll, they never regretted it. They never regret it. Is it hard work? Absolutely. I was watching this evangelist the other day talking, saying that, you know what, nobody told him that it was going to be tough to be a believer in Christ. I'm like, man, you guys know better than that here. <laughs> I tell you every day, it's going to be tough and it's going to get tougher. Be prepared. It's going to be a battle. This is not going to be an easy walk to follow after God. Uh, does anybody got, everybody got their things written down? Why don't you um, come up, put them in here, and then you sit back down for a second. I'm going to quickly pray for you. And uh, then we'll dismiss, okay? No one's going to look at them. No one's going to know what your fear was. Yep. We burned up in that thing many times. <laughs> I don't know. This is, you know what, you're actually given more than you're given to change wars right now. I want you to know. You know, you're walking up, you're given something. Not dollar bills, not coins, but way, way much more for your life, okay? Good job. Good job. I'm going to tell you, the most strong person in the whole wide world that looks so macho has fear. We all have fears. Russell, you have fears. Mike has fears. Huh? Me? You fear me? They're afraid of me. You should be afraid. John's afraid. It'll be 25 years next year that we've been, or next week that we've been married on Wednesday. Uh, he should be afraid. 
He should be very afraid. I don't know. Well, let me pray over this, and uh, then we'll dismiss, okay? If you can bow your heads. Um, seriously, I want to mention, if you know, any of you want to be prayed for, for salvation, if you have a need, please see me sometime tonight, and I'll pray with you, okay? Well, Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your perfect love, Lord, that does drive out all fear. I pray, Jesus, that each person here, Lord God, would be willing to give their life to you, Lord, that they would have their heart turned over to you, and, Lord, that you would help them with all the sins that they have, Lord, that they could be wiped clean as snow, Lord. I just pray, Father, that you would um, do what your word says, that you never, ever remember, you never hold those things against us. And we just thank you so much for just your willingness to forgive and forget, Lord. We just thank you because we all need that. I just pray, Father, that you just help each person here that put their fear in, Lord, I just pray that you would just help them to get over this. I just pray that they would be able to call upon your name when they get afraid, when there's a moment of fear, panic, anxiety, worry. I just pray, Father, that you would rush in, Lord. I just pray that you would just uh, let this message come into their mind. I just pray, Father, that your word, your name would be upon their lips and that they would be uh, delivered from this. I just thank you for what you've done here tonight. I just pray that you would just bring uh, all these people back um, over and over again, Lord God. Help them to learn more about you in your word. And we just thank you for everything you've done here tonight. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.